0: What's up? What's up, hustlers? You know it is. It's your boy, JT. And I want to tell you guys about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Here's how it works. unless you record an edit podcast right from your phone. That's literally what I'm doing right now. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms with a single tap. It's also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. That's major. Anchor allows creators to earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. Best of all, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's go. Hello again and welcome back to the Incomado Pilot, Pilot Podcast, the show that teaches you to stop working and enjoy life while money works for you. So last time I did one of these podcasts on Instagram live. Um a lot of people enjoyed it, so I decided to come back again. This is actually episode four. So if you guys enjoy the audio only content. Um, It is being uploaded immediately afterwards on all podcasting streaming platforms. So right now the visuals are only available um, via Instagram, and I will also save this under my subscriber-only Instagram um, feeds as well, all right? So a little quick housekeeping tip. What I want to talk about in tonight's episode and get engagement from you guys on this is while sometimes... I believe that no money is better than some money value that I want you guys to get out of this is understanding how high level people or people that just may be a step ahead of you financially might think about situations that are different than how you currently think about them. All right. As always, when you come in the chat, be selfish, ask questions that are going to benefit you. You guys know that I want to answer as many of your questions as possible. While we're here, alright, and you guys let me know if the audio is still in, of course nobody will call until we go live, that's typically the nature of social media, so you guys let me know real quick if you guys can hear me, if the audio is okay on live, um, and then we'll definitely get started with this, so somebody just let me know in the chat real quick, alright, um, so The reason why I wanna have this particular conversation is because I grew up in a situation where um, people will tell you to accept any job when you're down financially, and they'll say, well, some money is better than no money. So I grew up in an environment where you'll see grown people working with certain people call little kid jobs, all right? They might be working at McDonald's, Walmart, whatever the situation is. Now, that's not a knock. So when I say little kid jobs, I mean that these are jobs that have very little uh, upward potential. These jobs don't pay a whole lot of money. These aren't the kind of jobs that put you on the trajectory to take care of your family, build personal wealth, and build generational wealth. Now, if you're happy in those positions, by all means, it is what it is. Uh, But For the vast majority of people these positions are like temporary positions that'll float you to take care of your immediate financial needs and then beyond that you'll scale up all right so growing up in an environment where people constantly are telling you that some money is better than no money you'll find yourself always exchanging your time for money as soon as you get into a financial hardship you might look for another job you might look for a better job but the issue that I found to be wrong with this, and again, my, my content is primarily for people like me that come from low-income environments. The issue is is that you put yourself on a hamster wheel and you think that you're doing things the right way, but really you're not. All right, It's this constant battle between time versus money. So people will tell you that time is money. Um, me and many other people like me will tell you that time is more valuable than money. So with money you can make money, lose money, make it back again Lord willing you still you know have the time and energy to do so, but the time that it takes you'll never get that time back. However, if you go through life with this mentality that time is money, you'll think that in order to make more money, you have to figure out a way to carve out more time or else you're restricted by your physical capabilities, the energy that you personally have. So the first thing that I need you to change in order for you to get the full value out of tonight's conversation is no longer say time is money, right? I want you to understand that time is more valuable than money. Now, if you're an employee, as an employer, of course I want you to believe that time is money because your time is Is directly tied to your money. However, the value that you create me as an employer exceeds the amount of time that you're putting on that job. All right. So we all have to have that level of understanding, that boss level of understanding, in order for us to get the most out of this. So if you work and I don't care if they pay you a hundred thousand, two hundred and fifty thousand, or twenty thousand a year, right, you don't generate that business twenty thousand dollars a year. It doesn't make sense. If you generate my company $250,000 a year and I pay you $250,000 a year, I broke even. Well, really, I took a loss. I would much rather pay you, let's say you make my company 250000 can I get away with paying you 80000 Maybe I'll give you a good benefit package. That'll add a little bit more to my expenses, but there's still upside there. So you're going to provide value, save me time, but I also want to put some money in my pocket as well. So no matter how much money they pay you, understand that your paycheck is not a reflection of your value. Your paycheck is just a reflection of the agreed upon amount of money that you agree to exchange your time, your resources, your value in exchange for, whether it was per hour, whether it was on a per-results situation, like people that are paid by commission, you're basically paid based off of the results that you create, regardless of how fast you can create that result, all right? Now, money is, however, needed in a capitalistic society, so we can't go through and have this discussion tonight as if Time is the only thing that's valuable. I do think that time is the most valuable asset that all of us have, but we do have to address the fact that in the capitalistic society, I know most people that tune into me are in the United States. So you're in a capitalistic society, whether you agree with it or not, it, it takes money to do things. It takes money to, to eat to drink, to live, right? Even if you say you want to go to the middle of nowhere and stay on the land, uh, people are going to rent that land to you or there's going to be a lot fee. There's going to be property taxes, right? There, there's going to always be um, associated cost with everything that you do in a capitalistic society. That's not a bad thing. That's just a real thing, right? But beyond that, I want you to understand that you got to get out of this indoctrination of what society tells you to control. you. Now, if my goal was solely to try to make the most money possible, I would never have these conversations. Right. And uh, this is not a knock. I don't want anybody to take this and spend this uh, anyway, because I I respect anybody on the Internet that spreads positive information. Right. But if I really just wanted to make the most money possible, regardless of how many people I help, I would have been a lifestyle marketer right so i want to show you my my cars my house i want to wear designer every time you see me i want to be in exotic places i want to sell you the lifestyle right because those men and women believe it or not make great money if you guys were here for the last video podcast that we did on instagram i actually was transparent i showed you guys my real numbers right so i can make six figures a year just off of talking on social media, whether I sell anything to anybody. So, and I'm not by any means, I'm sure you guys can see that I by no means am a lifestyle marketer, right? I I drive a Toyota RAV4, I love it to death, super reliable. I also have a Honda Civic Sport, drive it to death, super reliable. I did order an electric car, but again, I didn't order it to, to flex. Right. I ordered it because I'm interested in that industry and I'm actually invested in that company. Right. So I actually invested in the company. It's not Tesla, obviously, but uh, it's a a fairly new uh, electric car company. And not only did I order a car, I invested in the company as well on a small scale. All right. But getting back to the point, um, you have to understand things differently because we always tell you that. Uh, your mindset has to change before your bank statement will. All right, people will tell you that most businesses go out of business, but then they don't want to have the conversation with you uh, when they say that most new millionaires are first generation. So when you want to get into business, everybody will tell you, don't do that, it's too risky. What about this? What about that? And we're going to actually address that head on. But what they won't tell you is that most new millionaires are first generation, meaning that it's not mama money, granddaddy money, Nothing like that. Right? They got it out the mud and became first generation millionaires. All right? And that's year after year. You don't got to take my word for it. You can look it up, verify it for yourself. So if entrepreneurship is such a bad thing, why are there so many new millionaires being created each and every year? All right? And when it comes to statistics, we can look at a lot of different statistics. For some reason, entrepreneurship is like the only statistic people like to throw out there. right? They'll say oh man, 80 to 90 percent of new businesses fail, right? They don't tell you that uh, consistently almost half of all medical students will fail out in their first year. They have a roughly a 30 percent acceptance rate if you're going to a decent med school and then out of whatever number of people apply, thirty percent get accepted, half of them will drop out the first year. But do you see people running around saying you shouldn't be a doctor, nobody should be a doctor. Why? Because we need doctors, right? We need doctors, we need entrepreneurs, and of course, uh, we can always use the argument not everybody can do whatever, but that's true for everything, right? So I- I'm not talking to everybody. There's not everybody on this live. Everybody doesn't follow me, but I am talking to those of you that tune into this because you do want to have a real conversation about upping your mindset and then getting into the practical steps to make more money, right? Right? Another statistic that you can also look at is that in 2022, only 37 percent of all homeowners have no mortgages. Right. I bought three properties. Well, I bought more than that. But every property that I purchased, I never had a mortgage. Right. I've been buying at least one house a year for several years, adding it to my portfolio long term with no mortgage. But statistically, most people can't do that. What's so special about me that makes me any better than you? The answer is nothing, right? There's nothing special about me that makes me any better than you. A lot of you all that tune into my YouTube channel will even see the video where I was transparent about going homeless, going broke, and I still stayed in entrepreneurship and slowly crawled my way back out. So it wasn't like, oh, I went straight to the moon, took off, prodigy, never had a bad day in entrepreneurship. Uh, What you'll find most highly successful people echoing is that consistency is probably the most valuable skill you can bring to the table. Consistency. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to be a part of a huge network. All of that can come in time if you need it. But consistency is something that if you jump off the porch with or if you can develop it quickly and stay the course, that'll be the common thread between a whole lot of highly successful people. Very few people just went viral, right? Whether we're talking about social media or they were prodigies in entrepreneurship. Their very first business raised X amount of money and made a ton, and made a ton of buzz worldwide, all right? Appreciate everybody that's hearing this live. I uh, want to also pause here and let you guys know Check out the pinned comment For the listeners of this I do want to let you guys know That tonight's episode is sponsored by The Foundations of Wealth Conference You can go to the Foundationsofwealthconference.com Make sure you put an S on foundations Right But the Foundationsofwealthconference.com And uh, registration is already open and available um, And this is like the early bird uh, access to it all right. So I did want to pause and say that. Now let's go a little bit deeper. Let's talk about why the majority of businesses fail. I tell you guys all the time that um, I usually just abbreviate it using what Kevin O'Leary um, didn't invent, but he's most popular for saying, and that is that most businesses go out of business because they never get the lifetime value of their customers above their customer acquisition costs. That's big, fancy talk. So for people like me with a South Carolina education, that means that you spend more money acquiring customers than you make off of those customers once you acquire them. So you spend $100 in Facebook ads to sell somebody a $10 T-shirt, right? Right. You didn't make $10, you lost $90. So you have to develop a way that you can make more than $100 off of the lifetime, off of the course of time that that person continues to do business with you, right, in order for that to make sense. If not, you'll go out of business. But let's go a little bit deeper. So... They're already starting to release the 2022 numbers, Um, not to date this podcast, but at the same time we're dating this podcast. It can still help you no matter when you're listening to this, though. But lack of capital is the number one reason why most businesses go out of business in 2022. Inadequate management is the second reason why most businesses go out of business in 2022. Faulty business systems or non-existent business systems is the third way. And the fourth way is unsuccessful at marketing, all right? I'm going to read those four again. Lack of capital, inadequate management, faulty or non-existent business systems, unsuccessful at marketing. Those are the top four reasons why entrepreneurs go out of business, all right? Or they went out of business in 2022. So now let's tackle what's the solution to these four problems. And all of this is going to tie together, so y'all just follow me, right? So... Number one, if you have a lack of capital to start a business, I tell people all the time, I started my first business with $15,000. That's that's no bank loan, that's no, no parent giving me money, no family member, no friend, no crowdfunding. I live below my means. A lot of you all know I'm a United States Marine Corps vet and a principle that I learned early on in the Marine Corps is the best time to prepare for wars during times of peace, which is why no matter what branch of service you join, they're going to send you to some kind of boot camp, some sort of basic training, and probably even secondary training beyond that. And the reason why is because you don't want to have to figure out how to load up, aim, and shoot a gun when you're in the middle of a war and people shooting at your head. All right. So the best time to prepare for war is during times of peace. How does that translate to entrepreneurship? It's better to be proactive than reactive. All right. So I was living below my means and I was saving money just because it was a good idea to live below my means and save my money. Then when the opportunity presented itself itself, which goes into a second lesson that I learned in the Marine Corps that my sergeant major shared with me uh, when we first, when the, when I first became an NCO and we had to go do the NCO meeting with her, was luck favors the prepared, right? Luck favors the prepared. So the opportunity presented itself for me to start my own business, but it required that I had a cargo van. Well, at that time I was able to find a used cargo van. For a little over two grand i put some work in it all said and done i still had under four grand tied up in it but the only reason i could take advantage of that opportunity is because before that opportunity presented itself i was living below my means and i was saving my money so i had 15 grand saved up so i could spend less than four of that to be able to get a cargo van and start that business right so Going back, and for the people that tuned in late, what we're talking about is the number one reason why businesses went out of business was due to lack of capital. And the reason why we're breaking down all four of these to make sure that we're all on the same page is we're talking about why no money is sometimes better than some money and trying to change our mindset as to why we work in dead-end jobs instead of becoming an entrepreneur. So we talked about the statistics, we talked about why time is more valuable than money, right? And now that we're trying to change our mindset, we're tackling all of those pushbacks that we get that will tell people, hey, listen, it is better to go get a job to get money than to struggle and have no money because of these reasons. So we're going to dissect all of these reasons, and then we're going to keep going deeper beyond that, right? So make sure y'all tracking, make sure y'all following me, all right? So living below your means, saving cash as you increase your financial literacy. I did two of these three. All right. I live below my means. I save my cash and I did not increase my financial literacy. Right. And I think that that above all else is why as an entrepreneur, at one point in time, I went broke and homeless. Right. So it does take all three. For you to have success, like I always say, uh, I don't want to be the ceiling for your success. I want to be the floor for your success, and I want to share with you all my ups and downs and tell you, hey, listen. Yes, I had success in this area because I did this, but in this area I failed, and in hindsight I said that I should have did this instead of that. So if you're going to go through this, keep in mind that, hey, I'm going to tell you the good and the bad, so hopefully you can say, okay, well, JT lived below his means and saved his money, but he didn't invest in his financial literacy. At that point in time, I felt like people that were selling books, courses, consultations, seminars, conferences, whatever it is, I felt like if they really knew how to make that much money, they wouldn't tell anybody. What I didn't understand at the time is that that is a character flaw that I possessed. What I really was thinking was if I knew how to make that much money, I wouldn't tell anybody. I didn't have an abundance mindset. Now, if you ask anybody, do you have an abundance mindset? Do you believe that God can give you more than you ever imagined to want for yourself? People will say, hey... Yes, I believe in God. I believe God will give me way more than I can even imagine to ask him for. But then when you look at their actions, then you'll say, oh, man, you playing defense. You're not playing to win. You're playing not to lose. You're just trying to hold the ball to the time run out. You're not trying to score. Right. And that's how a lot of entrepreneurs get into entrepreneurship. They say they're playing to win, but then when you look at their actions, they're not playing to win, they're playing to not lose. And lots of times you end up losing because you're playing so scared. All right, You could play like that once you already ran the score up, once you already got a good business that's making money, and now you're more concerned with uh, retaining your wealth as and less uh, interested in how can we continue to go from a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand or whatever your number is that you're trying to, to run up right so first point being a lack of capital again the three components that i think that you need to have and of course you need all three to be successful if you don't want to run into the issue of having a lack of capital before you start that business start living below your means right now start living below your means right now and that's different for everybody for me personally Living below my means meant doing meal preps on Sundays and Tupper up my food. So every day we was going to have Uncle Ben's rice, a chicken breast, and some sort of vegetable, right? And we eating the same thing every day. I know somebody is saying out there or thinking to themselves, that's horrible, JT. I never, ever want to do that, right? But at that time, it was cost effective for me to go to Sam's Club, buy a big old bag of rice, buy a big old can of mixed vegetables, buy a big old pack of chicken, and uh, because prior to that, right, prior to that, because I was a bachelor, a single man, I wasn't really concerned about cooking. I had a little money, uh, I worked in corporate America, I was an assistant manager, got bumped up to an ops manager, had good money coming in, so it didn't hurt me to go out to eat every day, right, financially. I had a BMW at the time. Uh, It was a newer 3 Series, at least at that time. um, Newer 3 Series BMW. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. I could afford to go out to eat, could afford to go do whatever, whatever. Now, so I had to start dialing back my lifestyle, right, in order to get to that point. All right? Now, for you, it may be something different because everybody's lifestyle is different. Now, the hard part is, is a lot of people, myself included, You might have came from a low-income environment. You might have even been raised in that low-income environment. So you feel like you struggled for the last 17, 18 years. Your whole childhood was a struggle. So now when you're 25, 35, 45, whatever age you are, you feel like I already went through the struggle. Now that I'm working hard, I'm making my own money, I'm going to drive the car that I want to drive, I'm going to eat what I want to eat. If I want to go buy Jordans, if I want to go buy a designer, if I want to do whatever, whatever, I'm going to do that now because I already struggled. Now I want to live a little bit. And it's short-sighted because it's not you giving this up now because you have to, and it's not that you're giving it up now for forever. All you're simply saying is, is that I'm willing to invest in myself now, so maybe right now I can't get the new Jordans, but I'm gonna invest in myself to the point where, later on, I could buy every pair of Jordans, right? And what I'll tell you is that as you mature financially and economically, things that are super important to you now probably wouldn't even be that important to you in the future, all right? I was a big time sneakerhead um, when I first left my mom's house because it was a fight trying to get her to buy me the, the new shoes when i was in school because we didn't have a whole lot of money so every pair of jordans yeezy foam posits you name it i'm every friday i'm buying two pairs at a time a pair of the rock a pair of the stock right i had to cut back sold a lot of those pairs right now mentally to me i felt like hey man My whole life, I was deprived of this. And when you're in a predominantly low-income environment, your appearance is really the only thing you have, right? So if I got new shoes on and you got shoes with a hole in the toe, right, I'm seen as superior to you. Now, in reality, as you mature, you'll realize that that doesn't necessarily make you a better person than anybody, all right? But as a child, before your mind develops to that level, that's all you got to go by, all right. And then a lot of us suffer from these complexes that we developed in that low income environment and carry that over into our adult life. So we got to be able to switch, flip the switch. Now, by the grace of God, just like everything I have, if I wanted to, right, I could go buy every pair of Jordans from one to twenty three tonight. I can go to StockX.com. I can add them to my cart, whatever color I want, however many pairs of each one I want. And I can order all 1 through 23 that I like, right? Or whatever numbers I like, if I don't like all the numbers, because I know they passed 23 now, all right? But at this point in my life, I don't care. Even if I bought the shoes, I wouldn't wear them. Not because they're ugly, not because I think people are bad for liking those things. It's just at the stage in the game that I'm at right now, it doesn't do anything for me, right? So I really want you to mentally understand that when when somebody is telling you that you might have to go through some delayed gratification, don't immediately revert back to a defensive mindset and now you're thinking about it as if somebody is trying to deprive you of the luxuries that they're enjoying, right? You gotta have the discernment to know that. So I'm not telling you all to, to not go and enjoy your life and enjoy the fruits of your labor, but if you're financially not there yet, there is really no value in faking it till you're making it unless you're a lifestyle marketer and you're selling the lifestyle so that way you can build your brand and monetize off of it. Let's just be real. At the end of the day, if, if you pull up in a Rolls Royce, I think that's a great car, right? Or any other car that you think is a great car, cool. But if I pull up in my Honda or my Toyota and you in a Rolls Royce, hey man, nice car, cool. When we drive off, if you stress out the rest of the month on how in the world you're going to cover the note or the insurance or the maintenance or the whatever it is, right, just so that I think that you got it all together, you've already thinking about success the wrong way, right? Because I'm going to drive that Honda home and I'm going to sleep like a baby and I'm going to wake up the next day and I'm going to drive that Honda to all five of my properties that I own free and clear and I'm not going to once ever think about you again, right, and that's not a bad thing, if I saw you Monday in the Rolls Royce, hey man, nice looking car, keep doing your thing, boom, if I don't see you again, I'm never going to think about you in that car again, all right, so you having that trying to impress other people, it's really a skewed possession, a a skewed uh, perception, right, now if you're doing it for yourself, Because you enjoy it, you worked hard for it, you want to reward yourself, you can afford it, that's totally different, right? But you have to get out of that mindset, all right? So the hamster wheel that you get put on if you don't change this mindset is that you'll constantly find yourself working just to make enough money to stay on the hamster wheel. So you make money just to spend money just to be broke or have just enough money to stay at the level that you're on. The, the issue with that, for those people that may not understand, is that time will never stop. So you made just enough money to keep up the image, just enough money to stay at the level that you're on now, but you're getting older. And in 20, 30, 40 years from now, you might not have the same mental capacity, strength, or whatever other resources and value that you have today, right? And if you're in the marketplace as a traditional employee, you're only an asset until you're not. So then... When you retire and your income drastically drops or they fire you and your income drastically drops. Right. Now you're exposed to the fact that you never, ever got to where you were supposed to be financially in life. You never figured it out. All right. And we see people all the time doing that. And this is not a knock if this is a family member of yours, a friend of yours or somebody you see. But all the time. Right. I I might see somebody that's a greeter. We all know Walmart greeters, so let's just use them as a generic example. Again, nobody take it personal, but a Walmart greeter that's an older man or an older woman that you can already tell, they probably are old enough to be retired now. A lot of them are great people, have great personalities. If you ever talk with them like I do from time to time, um, they'll say, Hey, man, I'm just here to pass some time. Yeah, I, I, I worked 30 years over there. 45 years over there, I'm just here to get out the house. I'm just here to pass the time. And I mean, and that's cool, you know, I'm not here to judge those men and women, but if we're gonna have a financial literacy conversation and be transparent, we know that's a lie, right? If we were trying to honestly dissect their situation to give them advice that will not embarrass them, but actually better them, if I just wanted to get out of the house to get away from my significant other for a little while, Or whatever, even if it's nothing at the house. I just want to get out the house for a little while. There's way nicer places I can go hang out than the front of Walmart for four, six, eight hours a day. I can go to the beach for four to six, eight hours a day, right? I can go get a massage. I can go do whatever makes me happy. And I don't know anybody out there that if I say, hey... What would make you super happy if you could go do it for the next four, six, or eight hours? They'll say, man, you know what would make me super happy? If I go stand in the front of Walmart and check receipts and make sure you ain't stealing nothing as you walk out. That's nobody's dream of just getting out of the house. Right? That's just the reality of the situation. So we really have to understand, and I'm not saying that this is going to be you. Everybody's story could be uh, different, but... You do have to understand that if you're in a financial environment where you have this mindset of I'm here because I need the money, right? And I'm going to stay here because I need the money, but it's not giving you uh, the time or the money that you need to get ahead. Meaning that if if I'm making a little bit of money, I want to have a whole lot of time. I'm not working 10, 12, 14, 16 plus hours a day just to have enough money to pay my bills and be back broke right? I want to have enough money that I could save up a chunk of money and eventually I could buy back that time, right? Either in the form of investing in a business, uh, uh, doing this kind of investment in the stock market, real estate, whatever I understand, all right? If I'm going to be working all day, especially doing something that I'm not passionate about that I don't think is tied to my God-given purpose. I want to have a chunk of money I can save up every month as I learn about different ways to put my money to work. And then once I really understand whatever it is that I'm passionate about, I already got the resources deployed to it. If I'm going to work in an environment where it's not going to give me a lot of money, guess what? I want part-time hours. I want to have eight, 10, 12 hours a day for me to go research on YouTube for free or listen to podcasts like this one for free or do whatever it is, read blog posts. Everybody learns differently, right? Some people are visual learners, audio learners, right? Some people just got to see it, but whatever it is, two things that I told myself years ago that Lord willing, I'll never be at the same time is broke and out of time, right? Right? Two things that I told myself years ago Lord willing, I'll never be broke and out of time at the same time. If I'm broke, I'm gonna have so much time because I'm gonna be looking for a play, right? I'm gonna be looking for a play so that way I could get unbroke, right? If I'm super busy and I don't have time to spend with any of my loved ones, family members, friends, whoever, right? whatever I'm doing in that time is going to make me so much money that eventually I can deploy that resource to buy back my time, right? I had a great conversation yesterday with somebody um, that that after Christmas is going to come to the media house, which is where I am now talking to you guys, having this podcast episode, right? So, um, They're going to come here immediately after Christmas. I told them straight up. They were telling me about their services and what business they wanted to get into now. And I said, hey, listen, after Christmas, instead of you going home, right, this person lives in Memphis, but they were visiting family somewhere else. I said, hey, listen, um, whenever you finish with your family members and friends in your hometown, instead of going to Memphis, I want you to come here to my media house. Spend a week with me. Right. I got everything taken care of. All all I do here is create content. It's a three-bedroom, two-bath house. You ain't got to get no Airbnb. You ain't got to get no apartment. I have food in the refrigerator. We got TVs, Internet, everything. Like, the house really set up like a livable house. So, hey, come here. Right? The value in that person, one, I value that That person strictly on the level as a person. But even beyond that, entrepreneurially speaking, they're going to help me get organized, get more efficient, set up other things in my business, right? They're coming with contracts that I didn't even know I needed. They was like, hey, look, you're trying to do this as a media company. These are the contracts that you need. I'm going to bring you these contracts. Hey, I'm going to bring you this resource. I'm going to connect you with this company. All right. So I I really want you all to understand that those are the sorts of things that we need to be looking into and investing our time and money into. Let's go to the second point, though. right? So the second major reason why the majority of businesses fail is because of inadequate management. right? So we talked about the first point was the lack of capital, second point being inadequate management. So my resolution to inadequate management is hire people smarter than you and learn from them as a part of their job, right? Hire people that are smarter than you. Now in the beginning, let me tell you how this plays out for those of us that come from low income environments. We can't afford to hire nobody, right? We bootstrapping it, bare bones. Whatever get done in this business, either gotta be done as a favor by a family member or a friend, they already know we ain't got no money to give them, or we doing it ourselves. You do that for a while, you start getting some traction, You start getting some success. Now you're successful with it. Now you feel like paying somebody to do that same thing that you figured out how to do and be successful at on your own is now a waste of time and now a waste of money. So now you never want to pay anybody to do that. Now, depending on what it is, there are certain things that I feel like are so simple that you don't have to pay anybody to do that. But If it is something that is time consuming, no matter how simple you might feel that it is, right? Your time value will increase for those of us that become an entrepreneur, right? The amount of money should and will, if you do it the right way, increase year to year, right? So as you make more and more money year after year, that means that if we were to break that down to whatever your hourly rate is, your hourly rate is increasing year after year, all right? Case in point, an example that I use commonly is this, is that I will lose money if I cut my grass, right? Case in point. Now, this doesn't apply to everybody. I'm just being transparent with you all about my current situation. Now, when I was a little kid, I used to make money by cutting people's grass, right? And and I probably got some whippings for doing it, too, because I, I would go cut the whole neighborhood grass for $10 a yard, you know? trying to date myself. Well, not trying to date myself, but back then, that was the going rate for a little kid. All right. I know now some landscapers might be here and say that's insane, but take my mama a little push mower, take the gas can, cut a yard, make $10. If I could do three three yards, you got to keep in mind, a little kid, $30 is money, right? I ain't got no bills to stay with my mama. All right. So back then, man, that was an easy hustle. I easy make me quick thirty to fifty dollars. I make fifty dollars. I'm rich, right? And then like I said, hey, sometimes I'm getting whippings because when, when it's time to cut our grass, I'm too tired. I don't want to do it. My mama ain't gonna pay me to cut my grass, and I done used up all the gas in the gas can cutting everybody in the neighborhood yard except our yard. So our yard look like Jumanji. Everybody else yard look like it, it could go in HGTV, right? But fast forward to now. Now, in the amount of time that it will take to cut all of the yards that I'm responsible for, I would lose money. I could take that same amount of time, focus in any part of my businesses, and I would generate a 10x return if I compare the cost of paying somebody to cut this grass and me doing it myself, right? Now, tying that back to the second point, which is inadequate management, so... We have to be willing to, when we can afford to hire competent people, we hire competent people. Now, I'm somebody that's pro-virtual assistance, right? I know some people hate them, some people love them, but maybe you do the research, and it depends on the nature of the business that you're in, but if you're in a business where virtual assistance will allow you to scale that business in an efficient way, right? I use onlinejobs.ph. If I'm gonna have a VA for a recurring task, If I need a one-off project, I'm probably going to go to Fiverr or something like that, right? That's just what I use. I'm not saying that's the only resources out there, but you guys that that tune into this, you know, I'm going to just give you guys my real resources. It's up to you, uh, depending on the nature of your business and what you're trying to accomplish, uh, if they make sense for whatever you're trying to do. But hire people smarter than you and learn from them as a part of their job, right? So, case in point, I'm making training videos for my editor. I, I shared this story with you guys in the past, so I'll be brief just for the benefit of the people that never heard this before. I made training videos. I hired an editor in the past. I was working on a lot of different projects. The editor was cranking them out. Great job. I said, man, look, I'm a, I'm a rock with this editor for forever. Had a storage issue. I said, you know what? Let me delete these training videos I got right here as an edit, uh, for the editor. I'm not going to need them. I'm going to rock with this editor to the end of time. And... I don't have time to save them on an external or upload them here. Like, nah, I just want to go ahead and move on to the next project. We are cranking it out. We're super efficient. We're making money. I'm not worried about it. Well, guess what? A few months later, started having issues with the editor, right? Started having issues with the editor. So guess what I'm doing now? I'm making training videos all over again because i deleted them thinking i would never need training videos again all right and a lot of the stuff that i'm putting in the training video because when the editor was good he was amazing all right a lot of the stuff that i'm putting inside of the training videos for the editor is stuff that i required him to provide to me it wasn't just here's a clip edit it however you want to edit it it's like hey listen this is this is how i do my videos here's a clip for you to edit if you are going to do something different than what i already do tell me why and then he'll say hey, hey i went and researched and i want to do this as a as a TikTok for you because this is the data on TikTok videos and vertical videos and blah 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 and hey um i decided to cut your intro Uh, and get straight into the meat and potatoes because um, I heard that retention is this and this, right? These are all great things. This is why I loved him as an editor. He was out of the Philippines, right? But now as I'm making these training videos, I'm going to be able to, instead of being at the mercy of that one fire editor, once I finish these training videos, for one, I'm going to save them virtually and a hard copy of them on an external hard drive. So I always have them. And now I can create a hundred great editors, right? So I'm hiring people that's better than me once I once I can afford to hire them, all right? And let's say that for whatever the nature of your business is, you can't hire them full-time. You just ain't got the money. Hire them part-time, right? Now you got to develop a system of how can I efficiently give them the most that I can give them that they can complete in this window of time, and then once this scales up, then we can move on, all right? Far too many times people are going to business, you want to hire your family members because they see you making a little money, right? You know you ain't killing it as much as they think you killing it, but to them, you killing it. So you you trying to put your friends on, you trying to put your family members on, and you have all the greatest intentions in the world, but incompetent help is going to hurt you more than it helps you, all right? Incompetent help, trust me, from somebody that has hired a ton of incompetent help. But how do you guys know my horror story for my first investment property? Right? The wholesaler got the house for free. Sold it to me for eleven thousand. I put eighty thousand in renovating it. Right? That's ninety thousand. Little over technically, but easy math, ninety thousand in a house. We pull the comps houses in that area in the same condition, square footage, everything, 60000 Lost money, right? I ain't even finished the house when I had the ninety grand in it. It's all due to incompetent help, right? Incompetent help. All right, the reason why I got so far above budget is because that wasn't even my primary focus. I'm over here working on this big project, right? This big project that's going to have a seven-figure return is my primary focus. I'm putting somebody in charge over there. I'm gonna manage that person that's over there. And while that didn't bankrupt me, that still was a horrible investment. And it all came from incompetent help. I could have went and found the, the best contractor on Thumbtack or on Google or on whatever other resource I wanted to leverage and go into business with them and pay them in draws, and have inspections, and go about it, all the stuff that I know better now. All right, hindsight is always twenty-twenty. So when you're hiring people, hire people that are smarter than you, that are better than you at that particular job. Don't have this mindset of, I gotta put my friends and family members on. Now, if you wanna help them, help them. But you can help them by just, if just give them some money. If that's what you want to do but don't put them in position where they can negatively impact something that you bet your whole life on like those of us that are full entrepreneurs or something that you want to transition your whole life into like a side hustle or a part-time business that you're trying to scale up to that level all right hire competent people if you can't hire them full-time hire them part-time if you can't hire them in person look at virtual assistants right But get the right people as soon as you can afford them. Reason why is because lots of times people are looking at stuff linear, right? That's the issue with a lot of people saying that I'm going to work this job until this side hustle makes just as much money as my job. Well, guess what? If that was possible, there would be almost no full-time entrepreneurs, right? What incentive do you have to ever go full-time Now, let's say for easy math, you make $60,000 a year on your job. Let's say you're full-time, 80-plus hours a week. Let's say in your side hustle, your part-time job, you put 15, 20 hours a week because you're going to be tired, you got to have family time, got to have personal time, whatever, whatever. If this 15 to 20-hour-a-week commitment ever made you $60,000 a year, you already living off of 60 grand a year from your, your nine to five job. So now when you leave that and come here, right, what incentive do you have to ever go full time? It's the same money, right? Everybody would do that. And if you could work a fraction of the hours and make the same amount of money, nobody would work a job. But of course, common sense For some people, will say that, hey, you need to keep this job till it makes just as much money, right? But entrepreneurs look at it as you're giving 40-plus hours to this job. You're giving 15 hours to this. How is this ever going to catch up to that? Especially if you're a new entrepreneur, especially if you don't have the financial resources to be able to pay people to scale this up the right way so you don't know what you're doing, you don't have no money to find out what you're doing or pay somebody that knows what they're doing to do it for you. But you have this fallacy that one day this is going to be as big as that, right? It's unrealistic. It's unrealistic. Let's go to the third point, faulty business systems. The best advice I could give you if you're worried at any point in time that your business will fail um, is don't develop your own use what works, the email. In my opinion, is one of, if not the, depending on who you talk to, best books to read on this subject matter, right? The E Myth, the E Myth Revisited, right? Definitely, you can Google it. You can listen to the ebook. Uh, I got Audible, but you can even search for it on YouTube and listen to it for free if, if you don't have Audible, right? What I took away from the E Myth, since I said in my opinion that's the best resource for this is you need to have at least four different systems in your business. You need to have a system as to how you do what you do, right? Let's say that you make candles. So what is the system on how to make a candle, right? So that way, whether you make the candle, I make the candle, a high school kid make a candle, a bum off the street that clean himself up, come and make the candle and make the candle, what's the system that we can look at and say, okay, these are the steps to make the candles that we make here at the candle shop, right? At White Barn, all right? And then once we develop a system on how do we do what it is that we do that makes us money here, then we need another system on how do we train people to do that, right? Don't make the mistake of thinking that that they're one and the same. You need a separate system just for training because like we said earlier not everybody learns the same way so maybe you have a training video so they have the visuals in the audio for the audible learners and the visual learners right maybe you also have a sop book that you give them a copy of whether it's a physical book or a, a digital pdf that they can have as well right so no matter if you learn by hearing it by seeing it done or reading it yourself, I gave it to you that way, right? You can consume it whichever way makes the most sense for you. You can watch the training videos, right? So you can hear us explaining how we do what we do, right? As you see somebody doing what it is that they do, and you can download this PDF as well, all right? So we need a system for training others to do what we do. Then how do we manage those people once we train them, right? How do we manage those people once we train them? I told you guys I only had two real jobs my entire life. That's four years in the Marine Corps, one year in corporate America, right? When I was in college, um, I did dabble around trying to look at other jobs. Uh, I worked at a Verizon call center for not even enough time to get a tax return from it, which I probably should have got one because I thought you get one no matter how long you work there. But I definitely didn't get one. I was in, um, I'm going to call it the promise to pay department because I don't remember what the exact title was. Of course, they're going to give it a fancy name. Basically, you don't pay your bill. You try to call your sweetheart. You're talking to me instead. Hey, welcome to Verizon. Uh, I see you got an outstanding balance of such and such. Would you like to set up a promise to pay? Got cussed out every day, right? Um, Hated that job, didn't stay there long. The point that I'm making is this, the person that trained me how to do that job was a great lady. My manager that they put me under was a great guy, right? Now in your business, you may not have the ability to have different people do different things, but there was a different system for training, right? When I was trained on how to handle people on the phone I never really talked to anybody for real on the phone. We listened to real calls and we talked through how we would handle them on a call. We did simulations with other people that was being trained, right? But that allowed us to get our words together, get our confidence up, learn the policies, right? So that way we were ready. They didn't just throw us out there. Far too many businesses, you grab your homeboy, your homegirl, your whoever, and they just trial by fire, learn on the go. No training days, no SOPs, no nothing. And then you get mad and yell at them and say, oh, man, it's just common sense. How you didn't know that you were supposed to do this and this? Everybody know that. And they, man, I don't know that, right? I had a meeting when I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, with my team from a food trailer, and we're looking at um, what's the future of that. And uh, one issue that we had was communication in that business. Once I sat down and talked to the managers that are in place there, where two people will use the same word but have a different understanding, right? For example, both of the managers will say, you got to respect the craft. Well... One manager, once we went deeper, was talking about his culinary skills in the kitchen. The other manager was talking about making money, adding value to the customer. Now, if we leave it at respect the craft and that's all we said and didn't get a deeper understanding, we would say we both heard it, we both understood it, but then there's a miscommunication there, right? So when it comes to managing others, right, I would say that communication is super important between managers that have to work together, um, between managers and employees, all right? Understand that effective communication is not the same as just talking because you can speak Chinese and I can speak German, but if neither one of us understand the other person, we can say, yeah, we talk. Yeah, I did talk. I talked in my language. You talked in your language. But we never got an understanding. So did we effectively communicate? No, we didn't. And and you can still have misunderstandings and miscommunications between men and women that speak the same language. So when I say don't develop your own, use what works, and we talk about the different systems that you have, have a system on how you do what you do have a system on how you train others how to do what you do have a system on how you manage others and the fourth system is how you implement change when it's needed and throughout all four of these you have to have clear concise communication all right you have to sometimes ask the questions that you feel like are no duh questions that you feel like are borderline insulting questions and just be transparent with it hey listen Hey, this might sound like a dumb question, but I want to make sure that we're on the same page. Do you understand this? Yes, I understand it. Okay, explain it back to me. What does that mean? Oh, that means X, Y, Z. And if they are correct, okay, you got it. If they're not correct, um, no, actually, it means A, B, C. All right? Uh, this sounds probably super minor, super insignificant but I am telling you, it will destroy a business, all right? Appreciate everybody that tuned in this long. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the podcast. The podcast is the Income Autopilot podcast on all platforms, all right? If you're watching this on Instagram, share this episode on Instagram. Uh, I'm going to have it saved long-term as a subscriber-only episode, What we're talking about tonight, again, to make sure that we never lose sight of the focus is why sometimes no money is not better than some money. If you're making just enough money to stay on the hamster wheel and after you pay your bills and take care of your responsibilities, you back broke, right? Society will say, well, some money better than no money, all right? And I tell people all the time, two things, Lord willing, I'll never be at the same time is broke and out of time. If I'm going to be broke anyway. I want to have so much time I can invest in learning a new play so that way I won't be broke in the future. If I have no time to do what I love with the people I love doing it with, I need to be making enough income so that eventually I'll have the disposable income to invest into an asset that's going to buy me back my time. The reason why you must do that is because while you're on the hamster wheel, life itself is moving forward so you're getting older the window of opportunities are closing what i what i don't like when i hear because i tell you guys all the time i'm unapologetically a believer is that people will fall back on the notion that what god has for me is for me right but those of us that are true believers do understand yes what god has for you is for you yet there are requirements right? And and if you own a Bible or if you have a Bible app, you can go through and see that, hey, listen, God made some promises to people and there were requirements, all right? And I personally believe that the same is true today. So yes, what God has for you is for you, but there will be some requirements, right? You can't say, oh, God going to make me a trillionaire and he told me all I had to do is lay in bed and sleep to my bank account update. I don't got to put in no work. I don't got to add no value. I ain't got to help nobody. I ain't got to learn nothing. All I got to do is lay here and check the bank account, right? And you're going to lay there till you get evicted or until they cut the lights off if you already own the house, right? But everything going to happen but that if you got faith but ain't putting in no work. So to, to all of those believers out there like, like myself, again— You can say that, you can believe that, but there is still going to be a requirement, right? There's still going to be a requirement, and it's not a new requirement. You can go even back to the Bible and see that, hey, boom, there's a requirement, all right? And if you don't meet these requirements, things don't work out the way that you want them to work out, all right? Let's talk about the fourth one, which is unsuccessful marketing. Again, this is like in the same breath, don't recreate the wheel, if you're a new business owner, I'm gonna be real with you. The fastest way to start making money, if and when I say new, I'm assuming that um, you you're not tapping into a network of people, you don't have a social media following, you just hey I want to start such and such business, right? You ain't got no partners you can call up, you ain't got no no ton of money, but you understand that you are gonna have to be willing to invest in yourself, um, paid ads, right? I know a lot of people hate paid ads for whatever reason, but paid ads is the fastest way, right? Um, I don't know where it comes from, but a lot of people got this notion that they got the Beyonce effect where they could just make a post on their social media, whether it's a tweet on Twitter, Facebook post, Instagram, YouTube, whatever, and say, hey, listen, shirt for sale, and then they sell out in 10 minutes. For the vast majority of people, that's not how business goes right? You not Beyonce. I'm not Beyonce, right? We we don't have the brand equity that she has in the marketplace. So for us, we got to really do some marketing, right? And to make sure that we all on the same page. When we say marketing, we're talking about awareness, all right? Sales is actually the action of converting that person that's now aware of us into a, a buying customer, a happy customer, then we retain that customer so hopefully they do repeat purchases with us, all right? Because the name of the game is not just getting an initial sale and then moving to the next person. The name of the game is I want to sell the same person over and, over and over and over and over and over again. I don't care what I'm selling, right? And you should feel the same way. I want to give this person so much value that they come back to my podcast every time I upload. I want to give this person so much value at my restaurant, so much time, uh, so much value at my massage parlor, so much value at my daycare center that every time they have a kid, this the daycare center they want to put the kid in, right? So much value at my Airbnb that next time you come into town, you want to see if I got availability before you check with somebody else, right? So don't recreate the wheel. Initially in business, the fastest way to make money is with paid ads. And anything that can make you a lot of money can cost you a lot of money. I lost my shirt on Google Ads in the beginning. I didn't know anything about Google Ads. Not the first thing. I'm watching YouTube videos, and I'm hearing people say Google Ads a lot. So I said, you know what? I'm going to watch a video on how to set up a Google Ad, and I'm going to run Google Ads lost my shirt in Google ads, all right, so take it from somebody from, from first-hand experience, anything that can make you a lot of money can cost you a lot of money, so definitely be self-aware of that, be self-aware of your inadequacies, nobody was born knowing how to kill it in Google ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, email marketing, sales funnels, retargeting, whatever it is that you're going to get into, they learned it. That's the good part. So just like they learned it, you can learn it as well. All right? So understand that. But this organic stuff, does it work? Yes. Will it work before you go insolvent? Just depends. All right? Depends on how big is the gap between where you at and insolvency. All right? How big is the gap between where you are now and being broke? All right? For people like me with a South Carolina education, now I recommend that you get on uh, your competitors and your industry leaders. I tell you that all the time, right? Stop making it hard. Follow all of your competitors, all of your industry leaders. Get on the email list. Buy something from them. It ain't got to be the most expensive thing, but what you're trying to do is see what's their funnel look like, all right? What, what do they post on social media? When do they post? When you get on their email list, how often they email you? What do they email you? When you buy something, what's the customer service like? Do you spend money with them and you don't get any confirmation? And then two months later, a package comes to the door? Or are they good at communicating with you, right? The reason why you want to follow your industry leaders and your competitors is you want to learn what are they doing good so that way I can replicate that? And what are they doing bad so that I can fill those gaps, So then I can start replicating some of their marketing efforts in my own way, right? So if you follow them on social media and you turn on all the post notifications and you get on all the email lists and you buy something, even if it's the cheapest thing that they sell, right, now you are going to get a Harvard level education in whatever industry that you're in, right? You're going to get a Harvard level education in whatever industry that you're in. I want to get into short films. I was told that, hey, hey so-and-so uh, that's loosely in my network is affiliated with somebody that does a lot of films for Roku. Did a little research. I see that Roku does an 80-20 uh, split, right? meaning that if you upload a movie to Roku, 20% of the money generated from that film is going to go to Roku, 80% go to you. It's monetized because they're going to break your movie up, put commercials in it. So that advertising revenue is generated by whoever wants to advertise on your movie. All right? I'm willing to invest in a consultation with that person. Right? Because I want to know, hey, what do you already know about the short film business that I don't know? All this person does is films. I'm trying to build a media company that does social media content, film content, book content, podcast content, the Foundation of Wealth Conference content. Right? Right? We're working on blogs, other books uh, that, that's going to be announced in the future as well, working with major publishing companies. So like we said in an earlier point, right, this is not me necessarily hiring that person, but being able to tap in with that person that's been doing it for years. They already know the right way, the wrong way to go about making money in this industry. Why would I not pay them that money? I'm buying back my time. All right. I'm not looking at it at, oh, man, you charging me this much money for just one hour. That's crazy. Right. I remember early on when I got into business consultations, um, I charged uh, at one point in time, I think it was like one hundred and fifty dollars for 30 minutes. And somebody said, oh, nah, man, that's three hundred dollars an hour. You crazy. All right. I said, "Okay." fast forward to today companies now have are paying me right this is not a i hope they pay right companies are paying me 750 dollars an hour right so yes i know a little bit more now than i knew then but the value has increased now the reason why they pay me that is because it's still going to save them time and it's going to make them way more money than what it costs them all right everybody's not your customer. Everybody's not my customer. Understand that in business as well. All right. I don't want the people that tune into to me to be stuck on this hamster wheel of some money is better than no money. Now, how do you transition out, though? Because you might have financial responsibilities and say, hey, JT, I'm not just about to quit my job just so I can have more time to learn a business to make more money. So like everything you're saying sound cool. But how do we make that transition? All right. And at this point, I want to let you guys know I'm not here to tell you what I think you want to hear. I'm, I'm here to tell you the right answer. First thing, I want you to mentally accept the fact that things might get worse before they get better. That's the first thing you got to be prepared for. Oftentimes, people think that success is like a roller coaster, right? How roller coasters gradually go up, and then you do something wrong it drastically come down, right? Or you might think business has ebbs and flows, so it shoots up, then it shoots down, and that's the whole life of an entrepreneur. In actuality, uh entrepreneurship, if you do it right, will more likely reflect candlesticks for those of you that that trade stocks like like my brother Chris does, where if you look at it from a eagle's eye, it'll be gradually up, but along the way it's a lot of ups and downs. Uh, going up there. All right. So you might work a job and say, Hey, I really hate this job, but I need this X amount of money a year to pay my bills, take care of my responsibilities, do X, Y, Z. Let's say that number, just so we can quantify it, is 100 grand a year. You might want to start a business and say, Hey, man, that business need to make 100 grand a year. When in actuality, that business might go and make 20,000 a year. All right. And then people will say, oh, man, that don't make sense. But I'm telling you uh, this because this is the real. So let's say that you're 40. We gonna use nice, round, easy numbers because that's what works for me. All right. If your entire life people have been telling you go to school, get good grades, get a good job, work it for 20, 30, 40 years. That's all you've been taught as far as the path to success. And you've been hearing that and riding that way for 40 years. Now you just now started hearing about different people talking about entrepreneurship and how they can make a hundred grand in a month or more. And it sounds like insane numbers to you, but you're interested in knowing if it's real one and two, how do you do it? And then you see, okay, this person either they made a significant investment up front and got there quicker or this was built up over time. So now even though you make a hundred grand a year, and you're on the path to make 100 grand a month, that step one of the path might be 20 grand a year, all right? And you might get some pushback from your significant other. You might have to drastically downsize uh, your lifestyle, right? But what I can tell you, again, is that entrepreneurship has been the best decision I ever made in my life, right? That includes me leaving a corporate America job, having some success in business, going broke, going homeless and having to crawl myself back up to the level that I'm at now and even with the vision that I have of where I'm trying to go, right? So we're okay now, but we're trying to get great, right? Cause we're trying to impact a ton of people on a ton of different levels. Right. Even here as I podcast from this dining room table, uh, on the other side of the table is some some cool things that we're gonna do for future shows that are part of my media company, right? And all of that comes from having the wherewithal and the willingness to say, hey, listen, hey, first things first, things might have to get worse before they get better. You waiting on an opportunity where when you start this business, you immediately make more money than you're uh, going to make on your job is rare. They're not impossible because it depends on how much money you make, right? If you're not making a whole lot of money, then yeah, there's some opportunities out there. All right. If you're a fast learner, yeah, there's some opportunities out there. But for the vast majority of people that are not going to instantly pick up on something and they don't have a ton of money to invest in something early on, times are going to get harder before they get better. All right. Second thing is when you're starting out, have a mindset of I'm building as much brand equity as possible and then scale it from there right, build as much brand equity as possible and scale it from there. Far too many times, it's just transactional. Buy my this, buy my that, right? Just like a panhandler almost, all right? And and there's no brand there. And what you'll find if you stay in entrepreneurship long enough is that the worst place to be as a business is in the middle and have no brand. Worst place to be. Cause when economic times get hard guess what people gonna pick an extreme all right when times got hard there was still people i knew talking about the pandemic talking about the recession It's still people that i personally knew that said hey you know what we don't fool with mcdonald's we going to chick-fil-a yeah i know this happening in the world and my money ain't like that but i'm still gonna go here are you still gotta live right i know other people that hey McDonald's for forever. All right. Cheap food, money tight, whatever, whatever. All right. And it's true in a lot of different industries. You'll see if you stay in business long enough that you don't want to be in the middle. Now, far too many businesses are in the middle and you want to have a brand. Your brand is your reputation as it is perceived by your ideal consumers. Your brand is not what you want your business to be. Your brand is what people believe your business to be i can say hey look i am a luxury watch business but if people look at me and say hey bro you do fossil watches or walmart watches or whatever watches right guess what that's what really matters because those are the people that are going to patronize my business those are the people that are going to spread the word about my business so i can say as much as i want to hey, look, I want to be Rolex, but they're saying, no, man, you bubblegum watches. So I can't sell my watches at Rolex prices if my brand is bubblegum watches, right? So you have to work on your reputation as it is perceived in the hearts and minds of your ideal consumers. That comes from marketing. That comes from awareness. That becomes from brand association, right that's why you see a lot of companies work with influencers that already have that reputation uh with their community and now hey will you wear my shirt will you wear my watch will you promote my whatever whatever all right resources out there like cameo all right a lot of people don't even want to tell you that c-a-m-e-o all right for those of you that tuned in this late or for those of you that just popped in at the right time resources like cameo Will allow you to go out there and depending on your budget, you could definitely find a celebrity that'll endorse whatever your product or service is. All right. So check that out when you get an opportunity as well. All right. But that's super important. Start small, have the intention of creating brand equity. I want, I and you should also want people to think of your brand when they need whatever your brand provides. Right. With my Airbnb business, if you come into the city where I own an Airbnb at, I want you to, after your first stay, right? After your first stay, I want you to be checking to see if we have availability at our location before you go to Airbnb and look at everybody else's, right? Something quick and easy that we're knocking out now is we're actually gonna also make a dedicated website. You guys been hearing me say that a lot. All right, we we're making a dedicated website just for our property all right the really the biggest delay is me making up my mind what i want on the website and two the property hasn't been empty i want to go through i want to take fresh uh professional photos for the website and we're doing that all right when, when somebody needs whatever it is that you provide you want them to think of you whatever your product or service is that's going to tell you how good your brand equity is all right That's going to help you solve that problem or multiple of the problems that we talked about earlier, that lack of capital, all right? When people come in and they don't think about diapers, they think about, hey, I need some pampers. When people don't say, I'm going to look that up, people say, I'm going to Google it, right? That's the kind of association you want to strive for. Not saying that you'll ever get to that level, but we got that mentality of, that's what we're trying to get to. Right? When people come to this area, I want them to say, hey, let's see if JT spot available. Hey, hey, if we going to go to a conference this summer, let's go to the Foundation of Wealth Conference because they're doing this, this, and this. All right? So that's what you want people to do. If people need T-shirts, food, child care services, whatever it is, all right, when you start off in business, and this is going to be something that is not going to change. You're just going to add to it as you grow right? Start small and think about brand equity. You might not make top dollar, but what you're looking for is to have as many positive interactions as possible, all right? You might not make a ton of money, but then you could build upon that. And now people remember that good experience. How many times have you went to a restaurant and the food was trash, and you was like, I ain't never come back here? Or you went to any business and the customer service, the people was rude. And you was like, man, I ain't coming here. I ain't buying nothing out of here. And then you left. And it could have been something that, hey, you legitimately wanted to spend your money on, had the money, wanted to spend it on it, but the customer service was trash, right? Hey, the same thing will happen to your business if you're not careful, all right? Always keep learning. None of this, I got mine, you need to get yours mentality uh, like our school teachers taught us. Or like our elders taught us, like highly successful people never stop learning. Highly successful people never stop learning, all right? Keep that in mind. So I really want you all out there to, to really tap into this and, and really get yourself in the right mindset to start making more money, all right? No money is sometimes better than some money. If that money is just keeping you on the hamster wheel and you're not getting ahead, all right? If you guys got any questions, you guys know I always tell you, put it in the chat. Let's talk about it. I want you guys to leave here with tangible, actionable items that you can go apply to your business, all right? While you guys are typing, I also want to go over um, the Foundation of Wealth Conference for you guys again, um, just so everybody that's aware. Uh, this first conference is going to be done in uh Charlotte, North Carolina. There's an airport there. For those of you that never went there, uh, it's an international airport there, and it's usually cheaper to fly into Charlotte than other parts of North Carolina and South Carolina. So we're going to actually do the event in an area called Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, it's going to be the first weekend in June, all right? And if you guys are watching this or listening to this after the fact – the most up-to-date information will always be on the foundations with the S at the end of foundations, but the most up-to-date information will always be on the foundationsofwealthconference.com website, Uh, and what we're doing is the prices are going up every month up until May, and then we're going to cut ticket sales in May because it goes down the first weekend in June, right? So if you tap in now and you use the discount code WEALTHYGIFT. Right, put it all together, one word, wealthy gift, you're gonna save fifty percent off of whatever package that you want. So you could come in person or you could stream it from wherever you would like to be. All right, for the sake of time, I'm going to um uh run through oh, matter of fact I seen a I seen a question, so I'ma pivot and actually answer that question. Can you break down the pricing of the conference? Okay, cool. We'll do that right now, and then we'll segue to any other uh, questions you guys have. So, um, let's start with biggest to smallest. So, uh, the VIP package is the the highest price package. I don't mind having these hard conversations uh, straight up, and uh, and it's not really a hard conversation, but I know some people try to avoid it. So, it's twenty four ninety seven. That's two thousand four hundred and ninety seven dollars, and it's going to be from June the first to the third. Right. This is going to get you access to. We're going on a private boat event. We're gonna have a private dinner. You're gonna get a full recording of the entire event. You're gonna get front row seating at the event. You're gonna get a VIP investment opportunity uh, to help you create passive income. All right. You're gonna become a lifetime affiliate for all of my digital products. You're gonna get lifetime access to all of the courses that are in my wheelhouse of Hustle Academy. uh, you're gonna get VIP access to the keynote speakers' challenges. Um, maybe you guys hear a lot of people now are doing challenges where it's like one to three-day events. It's like mini crash courses that they do, uh, like webinar style, and they give you the game. You ask all the questions, and then uh, you 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 go execute on it, um, or you decide to tap in with them and rock with them for a longer period of time. Right? It just depends on you and what you're actually. Um, interested in, right? So uh, everybody that's a VIP is automatically also going to be put into that as well. Uh, We're going to do a private class that is only available for the VIPs and it's going to be on government contracting, all right? A lot of you all might have seen my YouTube videos on government contracting. A lot of people didn't like the fact that the government contracting class uh, was $2,000 by itself. But for VIPs, you're getting a private government contracting class, plus you're getting the real estate stuff, plus you're getting the stock stuff, the e-commerce stuff, the social media stuff, the credit stuff. You're getting it all right for that for that one price. All right. So um, private class on government contracting is only for the VIPs Uh, It's going to be catered meals. Um, every day of the event, and of course, you're going to have networking opportunities with other like-minded people there, all right? So, that's 24.97. We only have room for, um, I think the building can hold 100 people, but once all the staff that's going to be in there gets there, closer to 80 people, to be honest with you. So, the price point, one, reflects the value because, of course, you're going to get at least... 10 to 20x what you pay if you become a vip and beyond that um it's not even enough room right so even if it was a dollar that wouldn't increase the capacity of the space all right so um that's that if you don't want all of the vip uh things you just want to come in person and network is $14.97. You're still gonna get a full recording. You're still gonna get the exclusive investment opportunity, still gonna become a lifetime affiliate of mine, 50-50 partner, free access to all the courses in Hustle Academy, the catered meals, and the networking is for everybody that shows up, right? The $497 is uh, for people that um, wanna just stream it from anywhere in the world. And um, also get a recording of that to reference as well. All right. So right now it's a Friday and Saturday event for those people that are not VIPs. If for those people that are, are VIPs, it's going to start Thursday. So it's going to be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday event. All right. But if for whatever reason you can't make it or you don't want to make it, four ninety seven, you can stream it. All right. And tap in that way. 297 is the lowest uh, tier package, and that just gives you access to the stream, so from wherever you want to be at in the world, you can stream it, you can check it out, all right, and you can um definitely take notes, ask questions, do your thing um, from that perspective, all right, uh, so that's a breakdown of the prices as quickly as I could, right, I'm, I'm looking at retirement, uh, how, where should I invest my money, right, so, um, First things first, I think that you should never invest in anything you don't understand. Um, secondly, I think that as far as retirement goes, in my humble opinion, as a non-financial advisor, non-financial expert, is um, within one of the foundations of wealth. So if you got a 401k plan at your job, you already invested in the stock market. So the stock market is obviously a, a option. Um, business or IP as I generally like to uh, refer to it as, right? So uh, intellectual property, either in the form of starting your own business or however you would like to monetize your ideas. So you can write books, sell books, you can create programs and sell programs. A good friend of mine, uh, their mother is retiring out of the school system, but they're developing a program to help a lot of the kids that are not uh, doing math at the proper level uh, in relation to the grade that they're in, in relation to the age that they're in, you can actually create programs like that and then sell them to the public school system. You can sell them to individual parents. It really just depends on what your what your business model is and what you're interested in, all right? Um, and, of course, you don't have to do training programs to, do, uh, to make money off of intellectual property or IP. But those are just two that came uh, to mind off the top of the head. Me personally, real estate all right so i buy at least one move-in ready property per year and add it to my portfolio um as my company continues to scale we will probably up that the two three whatever we can realistically manage and um i'm a buy and hold investor so we buy those properties and what my personal strategy is again not saying it's the best strategy but it was is what works for me is that we're doing a lot of STRs now, short-term rentals, uh, like Airbnbs, Verbos, which I'm honestly not a huge fan of Verbo, but the person that's staying in the property now came off of Verbo, so hey, it is what it is, right? So we're doing a lot of short-term rentals because they make more money. Once I get to retirement age, we're probably gonna convert the entire portfolio into Section 8. It'll just be way easier to manage. Uh, matter of fact, here, we probably are going to start experimenting, and I only say experimenting because we're inexperienced, um, and put at least one property on Section 8 just so we can learn the process, start to finish, what do they require, what's the best way to execute on it. And I'm also being mentored by a couple of people that have already been there, done that, got the t-shirt from it. So my personal retirement as an entrepreneurial is... While I do do a lot of stuff in media, I'm passionate about media, the books, the courses, the movies, the social media stuff, the podcast, uh, the stuff that I'm the face of and the stuff that I'm behind the scenes of um, as well. Um, I understand that media can at times be finicky. So what I am more interested in now, if the media takes off and stays taking off, amen. But uh, real estate, right real estate i'm actually um another investment that i'm doing as a private money lender hard money lender whatever you want to call it i know different people call it different stuff is um that business is solely designed uh for me to raise or create as much capital as possible to buy a multifamily building right cuz at the rate that i'm going now i should be able to retire at or before my retirement age of age 50. But if the private money or hard money lending business goes as I projected to go, um, that could shave some years off, right, and allow me to be way ahead of schedule. So um, that's me personally. But I would say invest in what you understand because I could tell you real estate for me is killing it, and you can lose your shirt in real estate. Chris could tell you he's killing it in stocks. You can go lose your shirt in stocks somebody else can tell you, hey, they killing it with e-commerce. You could go lose your shirt in e-commerce, right? And this is not to scare you. This is hopefully to encourage you to go learn more about it because all of these can make you an insane amount of money. There is no, this is the only business that can make a lot of money. Most industries are billion dollar industries. I don't care if you're talking about the trash industry, the apparel industry, the real estate industry, the food industry, the hair industry, most industries are billion dollar plus industries so there's money in everything you just have to decide what are you interested in because most people are not interested in everything all right uh do you get your motivation from your marine background the marine corps saved my life i am fairly certain i would be in prison right now if i w- did it if i never went to the marine corps cuz a lot of my good friends Or at least my former good friends um, were not so lucky or currently not so lucky. So, yeah, like the Marine Corps definitely saved my life. Uh, Discount code is Wealthy Gift. Wealthy Gift. All right. I'm going to type it here real quick. All right. So, Discount Code. Wealthy Gift. Boom. Boom, 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 just reading through. Alright, yep. So that's all I have for you. I, I really want you all, if prior to listening to tonight's episode, you were one of those men and women that felt like, Hey, some money is better than no money, so I'ma stay on this hamster wheel that you begin to shift the way that you think and you really start saying, you know what? Uh I need to start transitioning out. So Of course, I can't quit my job cold turkey because I got X, Y, and Z responsibilities. What I can do, however, is say, where can I start downgrading my lifestyle? This is not a forever decision, but this is a temporary decision that's gonna allow me to be a 100 times better if I do it now, right? So I might have to get rid of the Netflix and the other subscriptions. I might have to go from full coverage to liability coverage uh, I might have to go from Verizon to Boost Mobile, right? And these are all things that sound funny and they sound super difficult, especially if you pride yourself in the, the car you drive, where you stay, the food you eat, the clothes you wear, the service provider you have. Um, but understanding that that's, that's most realistic, all right? I'm somebody that personally doesn't believe that you should start your first business or a new business without a partner that's been there or done that before, all right? Now, other people, and again, this is just my opinion. Other people might say, hey, look, this is the plate. This is how you get the credit card. This is how you get the loan. This is how you get the whatever. And there's a time and place for that. But me personally, I feel like your very first business should be done with your own cash because the worst thing in the world is for you to use credit be wrong because in business what you don't know can hurt you use business fall dead on your face be wrong now you upset that your your dream your thought baby didn't work and on top of that you owe the bank this money and now you're in a situation where do you rob Peter to pay Paul do you try to report it as fraud? do you make the payments right and and, and of course like this is just real talk. All right, so to avoid all of that, I recommend that you bootstrap it. So maybe you can't start that business with 10 grand off the gate. Maybe you got to start it with whatever you got. So you can't have all the bells and whistles. You got a bell and no whistles, but you're going to ring that bell and sing that bell till to, to you got enough money to, to get another bell and then another bell. Then you get your first whistle and you can scale it like that. Right, I found that that has been a slower approach, but also a more sustainable approach, all right? I was really taught that by having uncles as my first mentors that gave me the game and they felt like um, credit was like for big stuff. If you wanted to make more money in business, become a better entrepreneur, all right? Give, give greater customer service, right? Give greater experiences, Now you can up your prices, and people like doing business with you so much, they still ain't going to go nowhere. Same thing where you want to buy more equipment. Well, if you gave a better experience to more people, you could up your prices and be able to afford that extra this or add this or add that, all right? Uh, The place of credit, as I was originally taught it, and again, my personal belief to this day is that's how you grow faster. That's not how you start. That's not how you grow. That's how you grow faster, all right? So you learn how to sell first. You learn how to add value first. Now that you know how to sell and add value to people, now you know how to start. Now you know how to grow. But let's say on your own without credit, you know how to start that business. That business know how to make $1,000 a week. But you you got it locked in, clockwork, do it in your sleep, $1,000 a week. But if you had a little bit more capital, that $1,000 a week can go to 2500 a week. Okay, now OPM all right? It's less risky for the bank. It's less risky for the private lender. If you're not going to go to the bank, it's less risky for you because you're not worried. Man, I hope I can get enough money to pay this back, all right? It's something you already doing. It's something you already know, all right? Till next time, man. Again, you guys have been listening to the Income Autopilot Podcast. Uh, on all podcasting networks definitely tap in with me this is the show that teaches you to stop working and enjoy uh your life while money works for you if you got any questions comments concerns you guys know what to do put it in the show notes follow it follow me on social media blog site coming soon the income autopilot appreciate all your love and support and hey see you guys in the next episode